Hello, I'm Debbie Kitterman, and welcome to Dare to Hear the Podcast, where we equip you and challenge you to dare to hear the voice of God. Well, today I am delighted to um, introduce to you my friend, David Michael Jenkins. He is a multi-generational native Texan who discovered early in life that he sees and experiences life differently than most. He's deeply intuitive. He is comfortable with mystery and heavenly things. Working over 30 years in full-time business, God told him in 2014 to sell his business and get ready for something else. He is a father, husband, trusted advisor, business owner, conference speaker, consultant, teacher, prophetic trainer, prayer minister, and mentor. And on any given day, he might be talking to God, connecting with nature, giving prophetic business counsel, cooking dinner, researching a biblical truth, traveling around the world, or leading someone to healing and freedom, or just contemplating life. James Gall once called him a pastor to the prophetic. He likes to see and call out God's design and destiny in people, organizations, and regions, and help them walk in their calling. David Michael lives in Dallas, Texas with his bride, Ellen, of 30 years. Welcome, wow. David. Hey, Debbie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I was thinking back um, before we recorded this episode that I met you about a year ago, just in passing, like, hi, this is my friend, David Michael Jenkins. And I was like, hi. And then I ran to my seat at a conference that I was at, but it really wasn't until about six months ago in October when um, I got to know you a little bit more and we were standing in line and you turned around and you asked me this question. And, you know, being at a, at a, a conference where there's seers and prophets and all the, you know, different types of people that can see things, I thought the way that you asked me the question was so intuitive. It was like, he knows something that's going on. But you didn't actually tell me that. You just asked me a question and waited for me to respond. And it just so intrigued me. And I just so appreciated that about you. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. So. Yeah, so thank you, because I was just like, hmm, there's more here, and I know he's going to start pulling it out, but I just answered your question, and then you turned around for a second, and then you just turned around, and you just spoke straight the truth that I needed straight into my heart. It was so short and so concise, and I was like, huh, but I knew that you knew more, and that I was like, this, I want to introduce him to my audience, because I think that you have a purity. I think that there is um, something genuine about you and that you have just a clarity of hearing from the Lord. So I- Not big shoes to fill. <laughs> yes, so you know, I just wanted to let my audience know that I highly respect you, even though we've only met a few times, that um, I always tell them that you can tell somebody by their fruit. And just the way you ministered, the way you handled it was just so um, genuine, and sensitive to the material that we were, you know, because you knew what was going on, even though you didn't tell me, but I knew you knew. So I wanted to talk about, I just thought, why don't you introduce yourself to my audience? Why don't you, I mean, all the things that I read, there's so many directions we can go, but I thought, let's just hear your story first. Like, who are you? Who is David Michael Jenkins? Like, what are you doing now? And what's on your heart to share with us about you? Sure. Yeah, there are so many different directions we could go. So, um, so I was, uh, you know, I'm like a seventh generation native Texan. I've, I've always lived in Texas. You know, I've lived in Dallas for 30 plus years, and I was actually born in West Texas and born in a Christian home. And, you know, my earliest memories are going to church 
going Wednesday night, having Bible studies at the house, so memorizing scripture, really raised in the word, but it was a, it was a Bible church, a non-denominational Bible church. Um, you know, things of the spirit did not talk about those, uh, would certainly be classified as a cessationist church. And being a, we'll, we'll just say a creative little thinker that I am, um, I did not fit into the box very well. And so you have parents that, you know, that, that love you and, and they're trying to disciple their, their little boys. And I have two brothers, by the way. You know, and back in the 60s, you know, what do you do with that? Well, I, you know, uh, some of that was disciplined out of me at the time and it kind of went underground. But I always, I always had this connection with, with God, with spiritual things, and, but I didn't talk a lot about it, okay? Number one, it wasn't safe. Um, you know, people said, you know, back then it was, you know, kids um, that should be seen and not heard from, right? And so, you know, so I kind of went through life, um, you know, junior high, high school, and, uh, and I was confused. And, and I was hurting and I was, you know, what I know now, struggling with depression, didn't know what to do. College years were just a blur, honestly, were just a blur. And in, 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 but I still had this connection with God. Mm. And I mean, I would, I would find churches that were open at the time just so I could go in and, and pray and be quiet because, because back then we talked about the contemplative side of things. Okay, really before the prayer movement had gotten, gotten started, got going, some of those things. So I had this intercession thing going on. I had this mystical contemplative thing going on. And, and in my 20s, in, um, you know, I was really exposed to my first charismatic leaning church. And it was kind of fun, yeah. um, you, you know, because it, it fit. And, and, and I've always been a singer and a worshiper. So, so that kind of fit and, and that kind of kind of worked. And, and, and then I, so I helped plan a little church for a couple of years, you know, we met in a school and then some friends from an old, uh, an, uh, an old church called me and said, Hey, well, you want to join this team? We, we have, uh, we're, we're doing basically some deliverance and healing for somebody back in the eighties that had a pretty rough past. I said, sure, I'd love to do that. So, so I went and, you know, just, my grid was, I won't say it was blown because I was aware of spiritual warfare and that sort of thing, but it went to a whole new level. And I, for whatever reason, I seemed to get special attention from um, some spiritual forces that were going on. And that brought me to a point in my, in my late twenties that I, 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 I remember it well. Um, I, I was in, in bed one night um, before I'd gone to sleep, I was just sitting in bed and I was crying and said, I can't fix myself. Mm. I can't fix myself because I was, I was always helping others. You know, I was always the one to listen to, give counsel, whatever. So that started a period of, of finding a Christian counselor. And this is in the late eighties. Mm -hmm. So inner healing was around a little bit, yeah. but it was controversial. You know, e even Christian counseling, you know, my, my parents, my dad, especially, he, he kind of poo-pooed that. You know, he's oh, they're you know they just they're just gonna blame, they just want to blame the parents, you know. 
So it was that kind of just sweep the stuff under the rug and, and, and let's just move on with life. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. So that started a healing journey and it just really unlocked some things uh, for me. Came out of counseling, met Ellen, got married, uh, was in Dallas, you know, had kids early on. Um, you know, eventually, you know, in the late 90s, started getting more involved in charismatic churches, got involved in the prayer movement, realized I was prophetic. Um, you know, and I don't know, 10 plus years ago, things just really changed and shifted. It's just kind of like the whole, um, I, I just really started owning more who I was. Um, well, actually, you know, 2004, mm. um, uh, at a John Eldridge retreat, you know, Wild at Heart, that, that, that unlocked some things for me. And they asked me to be an intercessor, you know, at some of their events. And I'm going, oh, which was a natural fit for me because so much crazy stuff was going on. And I, you know, I, it, and, and here's the deal for somebody with my story, because there are people listening to this story. It, you know, you experience things every day. You know, I experience things every day. I see things going on. I'm aware of spiritual entities that come and go. You know, I just have these experiences. God says something, you know, nature's calling out, whatever. And that's my reality. That's my every day. But I don't necessarily understand that that's unusual. Mm. You know, that's not everybody's story. Right. It, it's not everybody's story. And, and um, by education and training, I'm a CPA. I have a master's in tax, which really wasn't a good fit for a creative out-of-the-box thinker. <laughs> no, it's you know? not. But, uh, but in, 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 um, and I've been told that before, but I found a way to make it work for me just by working for myself doing doing consulting, doing tax work, helping uh, IRS representation work, which I kind of like, it's kind of like beating up on the bad guy. Um, <laughs> and and it, it, when I started working for myself in 2005, it also gave me the freedom to pursue a lot of these other things. Mm -hmm. So I would spend hours in my office listening to Graham Cook, listening to Bill Johnson, listening to Heidi Baker, to Randy Clark, to John Paul Jackson. They would come, you know, to our churches in Dallas. And for whatever reason, I just had this favor to get to them mm. and, 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 and ask them a question. I mean, it may, may have been 27 seconds, but they would pray for me. They would, they would ask, you know, what do you want? And they would answer a question. So I was, you know, probably mentored more from afar through books, through through yeah. teachings and whatnot. But I was also hungry because I would go places to hear people. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 that's you know we met at Jennifer Evans's church. Yes, we did. Okay, and so I in 2014 I went to Bethel School of Prophets. That year it was in Vacaville at the Mission Church, and. Uh, for me, stepping out into something, why should I be going to Bethel School of Prophets? It was really starting to own the prophetic call on my life. Yeah. And I felt weird. I didn't know anybody. I went by myself. But it, it just fit. I found, I found some people who understood me, whatnot. I met Jennifer there, you know, um, as well as Chris Volaton and Dana McCollum. And, and so I just started going back, primarily to California. Um, you know, for some of this, this training and, and they just developed a relationships to where, where now, 
um, you know, I met met like you at Jennifer's yeah. church. Yeah. So absolutely. In uh, funny, in 2014, God told me through three prophets, by the way, He says it's time to sell your business. Right. And and I thought at the time, and and I finally did that in uh, right at the end of 2015, and I thought. I was going to step into and, and build like a prophetic consulting business. Yeah. I, and, and no, 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 <laughs> no. And, and because the, the guy that I sold my business to, um, it was clear very early on that it wasn't going to work mm. for, for him, even though he was a Christian, he wasn't my type of, you know, we, we were just had different worldviews literally. Mm. And, and so I, I, I stepped back and I didn't know what to do, but I had another prophet come and tell me, he goes, David, this is a time of unwinding for you. Uh -huh. He says, your spirit has been so constrained by your family upbringing, by your education, by the churches you've been in, by all the expectations of the culture and the, and the people groups you've been part of. Uh -huh. This is a time to unwind and, and learn and become who you really are and who God wants you to be. Mm. So through that process, um, you know, I've continued my own inner healing uh, journey, my own deliverance journey, um, and, um, you know, which I've needed to get rid of junk in my life, um, I, because another passion of mine is cleansing bloodlines, and, yeah. and I mean, you read in the bio of helping people walk into, uh, understand their design, understand their calling and destiny, what's standing in the way of them walking into it and, and then helping them do that. Well, guess what? I have to walk through that journey myself mm -hmm. in order to understand better how to help other people do that. It's not just people, by the way, it can be, can be an organization, can be a church, can be a company, can mm -hmm. be a government, can be a, a country, a state, a city. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. And, you know, it's, it's something that I always tell people, if I'm not willing to go through the process, why should anybody follow me in there? Sure. And, and as a leader, we have to be healed, healthy, and whole, which means we need help getting there because sometimes we don't see our own stuff. That's right. Um, so I really, uh, I really like that. Our, our stories are very similar um, with being in, you know, conservative churches that were kind of along the sensationalist um, background where, you know, they didn't necessarily believe in that. And then, you know, some of our stories different, I mean, we're all different, but, but it's intriguing to me that you had this gift, but didn't know what to do with it. And then as God began to bring you out, it began to unfold. Um, I wanted to ask you this question because I know that, um, the name of your consulting is, is Sears. Um, and so I want to talk about the difference between a seer and a prophet, um, because I think sometimes those words are um, thrown around or interchanged and people don't really know what they're talking about. But I'm hoping you can shed some light on the difference and and what um, what we might recognize in somebody that's a seer versus a prophet or, or are they one and the same? Yeah, and you know, if you ask 10 people that, question you're going to get about 15 different answers yes <laughs> but, I, but i give you my answer i would love that okay? and 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 what i what i've i've learned um number one from my perspective seers and prophets are not the same although they can be okay okay 
So where do seers come from? So if we look in the Old Testament, the word seer or seers is, it, we find it roughly just under 30 times. Uh, and so for instance, um, in, in 1 Samuel chapter nine, when Saul early on goes looking for his donkeys that were lost and his servant says, you know, come let us go to the seer for he who is now called a prophet was formerly a seer. So, and, and that's the first instance of it in, in the Bible that we see. So in the Old Testament, we see the word seer and we see the word prophet. So a few of the prophets are referred to as seers, Samuel, um, Nathan, Gad, for instance, uh, but, but some of them aren't. And so I think that's the way that they received revelation. Um, the, the, the seer prophets are ones that had, had dreams, had visions, you know, God spoke to in images, that sort of thing. Um, all right, but then there are, there are plenty of other prophets. The word prophet or prophets is used, I mean, you'll find that like 500 times, both Old Testament and New Testament. You won't find seer in the New Testament at all, mm -hmm. okay? So Old Testament times, a seer was a prophet. Okay. okay. Then we had Jesus came, you know, yep. but not Holy Spirit came and then bam, guess what happened? Um, and Paul says in first Corinthians chapter 12, that guess what? The Holy Spirit shows up and Holy Spirit gives us lots of gifts, you know, discernment, words of knowledge, you know, prophecy, those sorts of things. But how do those gifts play out? How do we receive uh, information? Well, uh, we receive that through our, our senses, okay? You know, our, our physical senses. I, I believe that there is both a physical and a spiritual aspect to the different senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, you know, find that's common, but um, tasting, feeling, and I believe there's another one, knowing or perceiving. Mm, that's good. Um, and, and what we see is in, um, oh yeah, in, in Hebrews, um, uh, it talked about the solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So I think seeing in the New Testament after the Holy Spirit comes on the scene is, is just a way that any of us can receive spiritual information. All right. So in this day and age, you'll see a lot of people say, or you'll hear, hear a lot of people say, see what I did there? Yep. Okay. So, so pay attention when people say, I see, I hear, I know, I feel, I just yep. did it. Because um, that's a clue as to how they're receiving spiritual information. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a lot of people, they, they receive uh, information visually. Could be a dream, could be a vision. They could, you know, the way they get a word of knowledge or, or a prophecy for somebody is to see a picture in their head. And, you know, that could be a night vision, could be all these different things. It's just information flow. And, and, and I'm fine with people in this day and age saying I'm a seer. Now, on the other hand, we have in the New Testament, we have Paul in a couple of different places. He talks about how God has appointed apostles and prophets. Okay, and, and one of the main verses we point to there is Ephesians 4.12, uh, and he talked about where Jesus called some to be apostles, prophets, um, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 
So that's the office of prophet, office of apostle. That's different than a, a seer who is just receiving spiritual information. So everybody can be filled with the spirit. Everybody can have the gift of prophecy. Mm -hmm. Everybody can exercise the gift of prophecy by receiving spiritual information, but they're not called as a prophet. They're not walking in the office of prophet. And here's a little hint. You don't want to be, or you don't want to refer yourself uh, that if you're not really called to that, yeah. because um, it, it actually is a weighty responsibility. And if you really talk to those who are called to one of these offices, especially the office of prophet or the office of apostle, their lives are not easy. They, they pay a heavy price for, for their calling, for their office. Mm -hmm. But um, um, God uh, generally and Jesus specifically calls every prophet every single one has some sort of encounter uh, in the spirit realm yeah. where they know that they've been called yeah and but there's also this training period you may be called but then you're working out until you're actually installed in the office and in walking out the office yeah. so some people are called and and they don't make it because there is a training period you know, we go, because we, we think of Paul, you know, Saul had a Damascus Road experience, right? So he's called, right? Well, you have to remember that then he went away for years and years and years and was trained privately yeah. before he shows back up on the scene. That's I think that's, that's very typical of what we still see today. Yeah, and I, you know, I really like that you brought that up because a lot of people go, oh, well, he had his Damascus Road conversion and then, um, you know, he was, God sent somebody to him, healed him of his eyes, and then we see him on the scene. But we forget the scripture that says, no, he actually withdrew and he went here. And, and in that season, what was he doing? He was being tra trained, he was being prepared, he was being equipped for what God was gonna call him to because if we look at his life, he was in prison, he was shipwrecked, he was, you know, bit by snakes, he was hated by many, and he just, um, it wasn't an easy road, but he had to go through that training process. He had to go through that process of learning from the calling. I liked how you said that. It's the calling, the training, and then the installing. I haven't heard it that way before. Um, so I really, I really appreciate that because that's one thing that people are always say, well, okay, so I gave a word. Does that mean I'm a prophet? Oh no, 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 no. Stop there. Um, or other people that may have felt like God has called them. They're like, but I don't want to be that because I'm going to get stoned. Okay. Well, let's talk about that because that's old Testament. But yes, I do think that you have to be accurate, but that's because you have to go through this training process and you have to go through what I like to call the pits of life, right? Um, right. You know, yeah, Graham Cook, I think, always called them profit in training, right? The pits of your life that, um, that you'll feel isolated and alone and rejected. And it's, it's training you up. It's teaching you to hear the voice of the Lord. Um, I liked some of the stuff that you said, too, about um, the paying attention to what people say. Because sometimes I'll say, well, I felt, and sometimes I'll say, I saw, and sometimes I just know. So I like interchange them all around. But most people will just say, hey, I, I saw this, or I felt this. Um, 
how does God usually operate with you? Because I've kind of watched you do some ministry. We've, we, we got to do some ministry together when we were um, helping our friend Michelle um, last year. But how, how, how does, like, what, what words are going to come out of your mouth most often? Well, so, so if we go back to those um, really six different ways you receive information, most people have one primary, okay? Uh, but you can grow in the others. Um, I have about four primary. I, I may know, I may feel, I may see, um, or I may hear. And occasionally I may smell or I may taste um, those. And, and I could probably do that better if I, if I tracked on that, but it, it, it actually kind of depends on what I'm doing as to how I'm receiving information. Oh, that's a good, that, that's good. That's a good point. So, um, if I, so if I'm doing deliverance yeah. or inner healing on somebody, I know a lot. I, I just know. Okay. Um, that just, it's, it's just a word of knowledge. Just, it just comes. Or sometimes I may see a picture of, of something that's blocking them um, to, to deal with that. So that happens a lot. So I'll have, I'll have night visions. Okay, and, and it, which are different than dreams because you're still waking. And night visions are almost specifically related to uh, the work of the enemy that God wants to show me for something that's going to happen in the near future that I'm going to encounter or that he wants me to intercede for. Um, so, that's so good. it, it just, just kind of depends on what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little different. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but no, you are, but, but different good, different good. And yeah, people can't go, oh, well, I can see how it operates. And that's what I tell them is like, okay, I started out dreaming, right? I started out dreaming and I would see pictures, but then I began hearing and then began like the impressions, like they've always been there, but I've always discounted them because as a kid, it was like, oh, you're such a discerning child, Debbie what does that even mean? And what do I do with it? Because people right. weren't paying attention to it anyways, or I would get told, well, you can't know that. So my whole life, you know, I'm like, well, what do you mean? I can't know that, but it just happened. And I told you it was going to happen. Um, and so I think we have to, we have to develop um, and trust God. And I think we have to walk um, this journey with him. And out of that, he will develop and he will grow us. What, 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 what? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I actually can see it with you right now. It's it's kind of like um, somebody leans over and whispers in your ear. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see it. It's it's been happening. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that you would say that because, like, my husband will always say to me, like, "Well, how did you how did you know that?" And I said, "Can you just trust that I know that? Like, I can't explain how I know that, but it's like I'm hearing it. I'm I'm I just know." So when you looked at me, I'm like, oh no, what is he seeing? <laughs> well, and, and, and so, so let's, let's um, talk about that just for a second. Absolutely. So, so when, when I see something like that, yeah. um, number one, it's, it's not as clear as just looking at you in black and white. Right. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fleeting image. Uh, it's something. And, and it could be an angel. It could be Jesus. It could be Holy Spirit. It could be, it could be the Father. It could be any one of those four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it could be another type of spiritual entity, actually, but, but normally it's one of those four, and normally for me it's an angel okay. that, that is, is 
is just leaning over and uh, and whispering something to you because they have a message. God gave them a message and they said, go deliver to Debbie because she needs this. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt like when we were standing in that line, like you were standing in front of me, even though we were a part of a group of people that were talking and I was just like carrying on a conversation and I don't know what you were, you were just kind of standing when you were looking forward and you turned around and I knew that the Lord had revealed something to you. I didn't know how you knew it, but by the question that you asked me and I thought, okay, I'm going to respond. And I, we were, I was going through a really difficult time at that time, just some, a lot of betrayal, a lot of, um, people leaving my life and you just, you, you go, okay. And you turn back around because the question you asked me didn't seem to match what your response was later. And I was like, oh, he knows how to steward the gifts from God really well. And well, that's I'm intrigued what, now. I, oh. I wish I remembered what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because you just you turned around and you asked me specifically. Um, so, do you um, do you have a, a prayer and healing ministry at your church? And I was like, I could give you the quick answer, yes or no, or I could give you the longer version. And I was like, I don't know you, but I feel like I should respond more than yes or no. And I just simply said we're going through a lot of transition right now. And, um, that is on our heart, but right now we don't have it. And you go, huh? And you turned around and you face back to the front of the line. And like, I don't know, less than 30 seconds later, you turned back around and you said at me, I said, said to me, not said at me, you said to me with your finger, you just said, I just need you to know that it wasn't your fault and they needed to go. And my mom just like, my mom was like, did you just hear that? And she just, I know she thanked you later, but it was, it was so what my heart needed because as you know, pastoring people and, and feeling like we had failed or let down or somehow it was our fault. And then realizing that those people that we had had in certain areas of ministry and the transition that was happening was actually God moving people. Um, and transitioning us. And it was very comforting to me. I knew you knew the rest of the story um, just because of the way you looked at me. Kind of like just a minute ago when you looked at me funny, I was like, what is he seeing? Um, and so I just, I want to thank you. I know I thanked you that at, uh, at the conference um, afterwards, but it, it really opened things up to realize, wait, we're in a transition season. And sometimes people are in our lives for a reason for a season. And sometimes they go and that God will, will take them out, and that it wasn't my responsibility, and it wasn't necessarily my fault, right. but it was to trust God. And so that was very freeing, if you will, to me. That's good. That's good to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Well, you're and, so very welcome. And, and, and so that's, that's how God uses me a lot. Um, you, you, you just needed a little key or a little encouragement, a little exhortation that day or whatever, and yeah. so I just gave you a key to unlock something to to move forward. I yeah. cleared out a lot of jam. You you did. And yeah. and that's what I really appreciated about you because you were very concise. Like you were very um short in your words. You didn't add a lot to it. You didn't I mean I knew that you knew more of the details than what I actually said, but you delivered just what God wanted you to say and it was enough to unlock as you said, and to release that log gem that was there. And I think it was at that point that I realized, wait a second, I've been taking on way too much. Actually, the Lord is at work here and I need to trust that. And mm -hmm. it was simply because you just ask a quick question and then delivered a very short, I mean, maybe 
15 seconds. It didn't take much sometimes. It didn't take much. And then you just turn back around. I mean, but I mean, we interacted the whole weekend, but you turned back around and I was like, what just happened to me? But that's the way that prophetic is supposed to work, I think. You know, and people, some people are like, no, I have to like take it and I have to make sure they do something with it. And that's not it at all. It's just simply being obedient to deliver what God has given us to deliver. Yeah. And that gets into the whole identity issue. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, let's just extend this episode just a little bit longer. Let's talk about that identity piece just a little bit. And, um, and then I think I'm going to bring you back for another episode because I want to talk about purifying your voice. So um, my viewers and listeners can you know, stay tuned and be watchful for that. Um, but let's talk about that identity piece and why is it so important and what do you have to say on identity? Well, it, it gets into, uh, you know, purifying your prophetic voice. But, you know, if, I'm, if I know who I am, if, I, if my identity is firmly seated, okay, then I don't have, I don't gain anything necessarily by making a big show of uh, like an interaction with you. I, you know, I, I don't have to make my prophetic word delivery about me. Because then look at me, I'm prophet dude. Look how well I can prophesy. Look how accurate I am. Look, I'm such a stud. Yeah. No, uh, no. Um, I, I understand. Um, you may have heard the concept of a metron, which, which is a, a word that Paul uses when he talks about what his sphere of authority is. Yes. And so I understand that part of my sphere of authority is, you, you're a great example, is... Um, Mature prophetic people, people with a with a large prophetic apostolic call on their life, that um, they need people that are safe, that understand, that can pastor them as well, mm-hmm. and, and and speak to them. And God brings me those people. Where I run; they just run across my path all the time, and it, and it may just be a, a very short uh, exchange mm-hmm. to for for me to. Uh, just deliver something to them. But I, I know that about me. And then they're going to go, and here's the deal, Debbie, nobody nobody knows who I am, okay? Um, but that doesn't stop me from giving a word to people who have, or who are internationally known, yeah. you know, and interacting with them. Um, you know, I, uh, I had the privilege of a little interaction with James Gall in the fall. Yeah. And, and he said, he, he really affirmed that for me. He goes, David, you're really a pastor to the prophetic. You know, he, he goes, because you're, you're safe. You, you're not intense. Uh, you're experienced. Um, you know what to do. You know, all those things. Well, you know what? That's part of my journey. It, 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 this did not happen overnight. But because I'm really more settled in who I am, and I've done a lot of healing work on, my, on myself, and I spend a lot of time alone with God and understanding that I am um, a son of the Father. Um, uh, here it comes. Um, then I can give to you, or I can give to somebody else, and I don't have to get that from you. I, I just had an encounter about, I'll share this with you, um, uh, an hour or so ago that I go, Jesus, you're my seer and my prophet, you know, and, and I would just, because I, I like to do some worship just to prepare for whenever I'm going to do this. Yeah. 
and he goes, you're mine. And, and, and I was just undone. Yeah. Well, that fills me up. It, it totally fills me up. So now, all right, I do have something to say. I can, I can share it. Yeah, you can. And that identity piece is so, is so important. Like, and even understanding our Metron, which is a whole nother episode that we could totally do. But when we don't understand what we're called to or what God has called us to, we're vying for position. And we, you know, and even when I was trained in the prophetic, there was this whole thing of look at me, look what I can do, see, come to me, but we're going to tell you we're training you. And, and there was just something in my heart that wasn't right, but it was all the training that I had been given. And um, when the Lord began to speak to me about like, no, you are not, mm -mm, it is about me and you need to get humble and I want to use you. And he took me through an entire season of really learning that it was about delivering the message being obedient to what he said, not adding to, not subtracting from, but really being that vessel that he could work through and then pointing people to him. That's right. And, and that's what I appreciate about you in the interactions that I've seen. And, and I really agree with what um, James Gall said about you. Like when I was reading your bio in advance, I was like, oh, I can so see that because you understand the the weight of responsibility of it, but it isn't your identity because your identity is in your sonship with the father and you're just being obedient to carry out what he's asked you to do. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, um, I want to thank you for being with us on today's episode. Absolutely. My and pleasure. yeah, could you share with um, our listeners and our viewers how they can connect with you if they want to learn more about you and what you do? Sure. So, I, you know, I have a couple of, of ways. I have a ministry, David Michael Ministries, and I'm, I'm just getting off the ground and, uh, and, and running. It's kind of funny. Um, I started doing all these things, you know, you build a platform, you do this, you, then he goes, nope, you don't need to do that. No. So I, 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 uh, I stopped doing some of that, but it's, but it's still there and available, but I, I do have a website called the Sears group, plural.com, the Sears group.com. You can contact me there, David at the Sears group.com or uh, ministry at dmjenkins.com okay. you know e e either way will get to me okay perfect and i'll also drop those um links in the show notes too so people can just click on the link and they can find you with that um david just in light of what we talked about today and um just what the spirit's putting on your heart could you just um like release a prayer or declaration or whatever God wants over our viewers and our listeners today as we end this sure, episode. Absolutely. So okay. Father, um, thank you. Thank you for everybody who's listening now, who, who, who will listen in the future. And, and I know you, you look out and you're smiling because you see your sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. and, and so you so want to tell them how much you love them, how, how valuable they are, and, and just to invite them in to sit in your lap and to receive from you and to hear that they are your beloved son, that they are your beloved daughter and how precious they are. So I just bless everybody, you know, in their identity of, of understanding who they are and the uniqueness, you know, with which and the intentionality that God created and designed each one of them 
you know, everybody's unique. Everybody is special. Everybody has a has a uh, a design that is so intricate and so intentional. And the enemy comes along because of that unique design, and he has a unique strategy against each one of us to try to take us out from that identity piece and from seeing or hearing or whatnot. So God, I, I pray, I just release divine strategy to understand and roll back and break off the, the strategies of the enemy so that they can understand their full identity, so that they can fully walk in their giftedness and their calling and their uniqueness in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, thank you, David Michael Jenkins, for joining us today on today's episode. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for uh, bringing you back to talk about um, some of this other stuff that we talked about today, too. So our, my listeners can stay tuned. So thank you for listening to Dare to Hear the podcast, where we encourage you to dare to hear the voice of God. And I'm Debbie Kitterman. And if you have been encouraged in any way, we would love for you to share this episode so that you can get the word out, not just about Dare to Hear, but about David Michael Jenkins and about the topic that we talked about today. And if you are listening on your favorite podcast station, if you could leave us a review so other listeners and viewers can um, know what we're about and what you think, that would be great. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to joining you next week on another episode of Dare to Hear. Say hey.